going on guys it's your boy matt st jack whether you're an avid anime fan a wee tadpole still finding your way or anywhere in between i'll be providing my opinions and insights on anime old and new think yelp with help from friends and producers from other shows weighing in i know you can't wait to hear and i can't wait to tell so let's get to it this is matt st jack with anime talk let's go I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. And I'm Ashley Chancellor. And this is Collateral Cinema and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. That is exactly what is going on right now, right, everybody? Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. Oh, I'm here. I didn't miss it. anything, right? No, no. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not missing nothing, right? Either. No, of, cor- of course you're not, dude. I mean, shit. So, you I, know? Usually, I usually call in sick or... You're the, like, I can't. I won't. My flight's delayed. My flight's delayed. I got to um, call my agent. From New York to California, just is hectic, you know? Oh, my God, Robert. I mean, you're just going mm-hmm. between New York and L.A. and S.A. It's, it's, it's a busy life, right? It, it's it the really life, is. Right? I mean, I'm a Texan. I have to come back to my hometown. So. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong, right? So, you know, I got to love the whole Texas thing <laughs> and what the industry is trying to do with with Texas and I hope they choose me and us. Oh yes, us. yeah, yeah, no, we we need to become the uh, poster children of Texas cinema. Definitely. Honestly, yeah. I mean, it, it wouldn't hurt. I mean, well, today Tonight, we're actually, uh, once again, we're together under one roof, which is nice. And we're talking about the latter two films of the Indiana Jones trilogy. So this is part two of our Indiana Jones trilogy episode. Uh, We will be covering Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, One of these is my least favorite Indiana Jones movie out of the trilogy. And the other one is my favorite Indiana Jones movie out of the trilogy. But I'll tell you what, they're both great fucking movies. Oh, man. These two movies are quite possibly two of the most consequential sequels of all time when you really get down to it. Because, I mean... First of all, you have Temple of Doom, which is just this real kind of um, a little bit of a one-off in a way, you know? I mean, it's compared very to the, different. Yeah. I mean, c- compared to Raiders and uh, Last Crusade, you know? And uh, I mean, it, it, it actually continues the tight uh, storytelling, the tight editing, and the, uh, the amazing action sequences that the first movie is known for. 
Honestly, yeah, it leaves right off from the first, the very first one. But then, yeah, uh, The Last Crusade is is the prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, no, it's the other way around. The it's other way, oh, Temple okay. of Doom. Temple of Doom? Yeah. Well, Temple, yeah, yeah, Temple of I'm Doom getting... is set before Raiders... Uh, which Temple is interesting. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 But but your point still stands. Right. Robert. Yeah. It really does. You know, I mean, actually, j- kind of taking the prequel angle. I worded I mean, that wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's all good, yeah. man. You're good. You're good. Yeah. And and I, I actually, it's kind of interesting that this movie is a prequel. Uh, and there are a couple of reasons that are speculated. I think Spielberg gave out one reason. George Lucas gave out another. But essentially, it's one thing is that. Uh, they didn't want to do the Nazis again was, was one take I've heard on why it's a prequel to Raiders. The other take is that um, it explains why Marion isn't there and so why she was replaced by Kate Capshaw. Why on God's earth did we replace Karen Allen with Kate Capshaw? I don't know, but... <laughs> oh, man, I mean, I guess for what it is, Kate Capshaw's uh, performance is fine. Maybe, you know, I mean, I, I kind of feel like she's uh, she's really trying to channel like really uh, like old golden air age uh, um, actresses of her time. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. I try to capture the golden age era, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she 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 kind of has that. Uh, what, what's a good like like a. Like a Rita Hayworth or something like that, or you know, maybe that's, a Jane Mansfield. That's or funny something that like you mentioned that, man. I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring the ba- that back, t- you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it, it, it's one of those things that I mean, it's what I kind of like a lot of the new batch of actors and actresses now is that they're kind of, uh, they're kind of starting to have a little bit of that old school feel to them, you know, like modern yeah. but kind of classic. No, 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 yeah, that's that's what you get with me, actually. I mean, I mean, for fuck's sake, look, look at Jenna Ortega. I mean, she's fair enough. Yeah, she's a very striking actress. So, but yeah, for better yeah. or worse, the lead actress role uh, has been changed to Kate Capshaw, who would then go on to marry uh, George Lucas, I believe, or Steven Spielberg. Yeah, it was Spielberg. It was Spielberg. It was Spielberg. But the interesting thing about that is, is I mean, I remember a Family Guy. Uh, episode that was talking about uh basically how she got that role because she was uh fucking the director essentially i mean i think that's a little reductive because kate capshaw has talent she she can act but i'm just not really sure what she was going for here i don't know if it's that she was written as an unlikable character or if it's the performance or a combination of both but yeah um She's not my favorite part of this movie. That being said, uh, I think her opening scene is actually pretty effective. The whole dance number. Her opening scene is actually the most riveting part of the movie for me. Is I mean, it, it kind of goes outside of the movie a little bit, right? It does. It's such a weird way to start an Indiana Jones movie on the surface but it honestly kind of like because i grew up watching all of these movies together so for me that is kind of part of the indiana jones mythos so to speak it's just kind of this this brand and but like when you look at it in retrospect it's so so 
different from Raiders and Last Crusade, which comes after. But I mean, it, it, it's almost as iconic as the Raiders opening scene, you know, as far as I'm concerned. It really is. And it really evokes old Hollywood in so many uh, yes. ways. I mean, especially... Uh, you know, evoking that era of musical cinema, you yeah. know, I mean, that, that used to be the norm, you know, like, like I've been seeing a lot of stuff on social media that, I mean, a lot of like younger audiences, like they won't actually show up to a movie if it's billed as a musical, like, like the recent uh, Wonka movie is kind of mm-hmm. like that, you know, they, they didn't actually promote it as a, uh, as a musical, even though inostensibly it is. You know, I mean, it has musicals. Fair enough. You know, but I mean, here in this movie, it kind of evokes that uh, that moment that also I kind of feel like Barbie, like Greta Gerwig, kind of yeah. brought that back a little bit. You know, like like the whole uh, can, the, the whole I'm Knuff uh, song. I kind of feel like <laughs> that whole sequence that actually kind of feels a lot like this sequence yes. here in 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 uh, in, Ra- in uh, Temple of Doom. Yeah, so like the I'm just kin dance number compared. To, yes, I can I can see it. Yeah. And it's interesting because it starts out as an in-universe show that they're watching in Shanghai at Club Obi-Wan. Yeah. Which is a little (laughs) Easter egg. Um, And and Andy is uh, sitting down with a deal with these Chinese mobsters, I guess. Yeah. Lao Che and his goons. And that that's kind of an uh, old trope in uh, old Hollywood movies that I guess Spielberg was kind of lampshading there a little bit about, you know, the quote unquote Orientalism a little bit. Something that's a little... uh, you know, definitely not uh, politically correct or woke or whatever you want to call it these days. But yeah, back then that was a, a common trope, you know, and and, and that, that's actually kind of uh, brought back later on in Temple of Doom whenever we uh, go to the uh, uh what, what what palace was it called? Is Pankot Palace? Pankot Palace. Yeah, at Pankot Palace. I mean, y- you have that feast. That they have, which we we have to talk about this. This feast is probably one of the one of the things that probably moved me towards veganism. I, I, yeah, yeah, I was about to say, is 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 it vegan, Bo? No, <laughs> none of that is vegan. I, I, I understand. Surprise. The, here, here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna say about that. I understand the criticisms that a lot of uh, a, a lot of more leftist vegans will put when it comes to how vegans approach. Uh, like uh, omnivores and carnists in other cultures. I and mean, of course, my my answer to that is, you know, that's incumbent upon the people within that culture who are vegan to change that culture. It's not my place. It's not the place of other vegans to decide. It's the place of vegans within that particular culture. Exactly. Like, like within Indian culture, I mean, in, in spite of what this movie shows, there's a lot of dishes in Indian cuisine that are definitely vegan or at least vegetarian friendly. Uh, oh, yeah, because so like, like a, a few of the know, places that we've gone together, Bo, has been Indian joints because there are a lot of vegetarian and vegan options there. And, and the thing is, as funny as too, is like Indian cuisine is fucking, is fucking amazing. Like I love some like chicken tikka marsala and shit, man. And for me, it's like chana masala, chana masala, alu gobi. I mean, samosas are typically vegan. Uh, I mean, also, uh, what, what's another good one? Uh, usually they have the mixed vegetables as well. Those are good. 
but, but, but I mean, you know, if you really, if you really want to dig into Indian cuisine, try some snake surprise. Oh, see, that's what <laughs> makes me. That's what makes me cringe. It's like, I mean, hell, you want to talk about, you know. I mean, taking an insensitive view on other cultures. Yeah. It's like, I mean, this is like Orientalism just kind of kicked up to the nth degree here. This it's is like, one of my problems with Temple of Doom and why I think it's the weakest of the trilogy. Still a great film, and we'll get to that, but the 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 the, the stereotypical view of, of cultures here of India yeah, it's just not it, Chief. So it's a little, it's a little off. That being said, that feast scene is iconic. I mean, just like the the snakes, little snakes coming out of the big snake, the ch snake, the the chilled monkey brain and shit. Uh, short round and and Willie are just like completely disgusted. And in the background, you know, we're kind of getting this like exposition on what's going on with the film. I feel what you're saying there. It's 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 just it, it, it's something that's definitely unacceptable in this day and age. And you know, to to me, like, like I said, it's a little ironic as a vegan, given the criticisms that we receive. You know, and uh, here's this example of you know basically the same thing that we're accused of, but it's like taken to a carnist degree. You know, so yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I I get what you're saying. Yeah. But like, yeah, if you're gonna deliver exposition, doing it like this, I think is one of the more entertaining ways of doing it. And and that's really just what the the, the trilogy as a whole does well. Um, just and also just how well paced each movie is. And honestly. I would say that uh, Temple of Doom is is the fastest paced movie out of the bunch, and that's a good thing. Well, I remember when we were watching the Chris Stuckman review, which is kind of like uh, another one of those mandatory review shows that we watch when we want to kind of get a, at least a basic sense of uh, what uh, a basic you know film critic would be talking about. You yeah, know, yeah. Your I average film critic. All, all his reviews on on this trilogy. I watched the Nostalgia Critic review on Temple of Doom. I mean, that's just kind of like before we get into it, we're going to listen to some of those. But yeah. But, you know, it's like one of the things that he brought up is that it almost feels like there isn't even a second act here, sort of. It goes kind of goes from first act to third act. In uh, you know, I would argue the second act is marked by when they come underground and, like, they, they witness the thuggy cult ritual. Yeah. And then the third act is kind of like when Indy wakes up and they do kind of like the, the prison break sequence. But... But even saying that, it's almost like there isn't a second act because that second act is really short when you think about it. It's very short. I mean, I, I would say that the second act really begins whenever they actually crash in India. Are you, you think so? Okay. Yeah, I, I would say that that's where it kind of starts. You know, is that whole crash and the rap scene and everything, and then they meet they meet the uh, the the uh, main. Uh, I guess you would say the the elder of the village or whatever. The, the, the village elder. The the guru. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the village guru or elder or whatever. <laughs> the and. Uh, and I would say that that's where the second act begins. And when you when you take it from there to when uh, to that first uh, thuggy ritual, it's like yeah, that's a very very small amount of time within the movie. 
it really is. And and during this time, you're getting to know these characters. I mean, this movie, any of the Indiana Jones movies is a standalone movie. Like, so it works as an introduction to the character. You could watch it without having seen Raiders and it's fine. So, you know, you get a feel for who Indy is. He's kind of a scoundrel uh, here. And then you get a feel for Willie. She's annoying. She's a diva. And then you get short round. And uh, it's, it's actually a crime that he hasn't been brought up already because Gehoi Kwan's performance, or I guess his dynamic with Harrison Ford, I think is my favorite part of this movie. Um, he, he just really is the shining star. And I know like back in the day, I think he was kind of like the Jar Jar Binks of this movie. Oh, very much so. He was, and which was so fucking unfair. But like, honestly, like he's brilliant. I fucking love, I, I mean, this is the same kid that played, uh, that played Data in, in the Goonies. Uh, and recently I loved his role as uh, Ouroboros in uh, Loki season two. Uh, he was in everything, everywhere, all at once. I mean, he's just brilliant. And he won an Academy Award, of course, which was so deserving. Didn't he hug Harrison Ford on stage or something? Not just that, but even beforehand, he actually reconnected with, uh, with Harrison brother. Ford. Yes, exactly. But he he basically uh, walked up to oh, yeah. Harrison Ford and then he looked at him. He was just like, you're short round. Yeah. Like straight up. Just like, you're short. Come here. He, he, didn't, he, didn't he almost so, didn't remember him. Almost. So, so fucking wholesome. Oh, it's man. the heart of the Ugh. movie because Willie doesn't wake him up at from his stupor. Short the, round does. At the same time, Brandon Fraser was there getting the... Which movie are you talking about? Yeah, the Academy Award, right? Or yeah, yeah, Brendan Fraser won, it, won right. his Academy Award. His, that, his uh, Encino brother, they were both in the Encino Man, right? Yeah, exactly. That's so, true. They that, were. Yeah. That's 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 actually that uh, is, hilarious. That is very nostalgic. Yeah. That is actually really awesome. Totally dope. Sean Astin was there too. And yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis winning the Academy Award as well for Halloween Ends. I'm oh, sorry. What? Uh, <laughs> no, what was it, it was for it was everything, everywhere, uh, all yeah. at It wasn't Halloween Ends, right? Okay. Michelle Yeoh. That, that was actually a good Oscar telecast. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna watch this year. I don't know why. I, I don't really care that much about the Oscars, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I've never really watched them. You know, you gotta space out the Oscars. Yeah. You know, I mean, not everybody can be. I mean, it seems like just yesterday, Joaquin Phoenix won for Joker. So it's like, you know, you, you got to space out that th sort of thing. Yeah. But, but between all the actors, there's so many actors in Hollywood, right? <laughs> You're not wrong, dude. <laughs> you know, I mean, got to let them all shine somehow. Right. But anyway, I, I feel that the dynamic between. Uh, Harrison Ford's indie and Kehoe Kwan's short round is really like the heart of this film. I mean, I think it's no accident that it's short round that wakes Indy up from his stupor, not Willie, right? No, absolutely. He what is. Willie? Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, he, <laughs> no I would sorry. argue I'm that. Sorry. I had to do that. I would argue that in many ways, short round is absolutely the heart of this movie. He is, man. I mean, he's kind of like like the the. Um, the center of attention at any cities and uh, he's the impetus and many situations. And I mean, yeah, I just like the whole story kind of, I think revolves around, you know what I mean? I think, I think his, again, his relationship with Andy just, just really just kind of like a central focus here. And yeah, I just, I love the fuck out of him. I'm like, how could you not love short round? He's so great. It's like, you kind of just have to look at it through the lens of the time it came out. 
You yeah. know, I mean, people uh, were just th- those types of characters in movies were becoming a dime a dozen. You know, I, he, yeah. he's or, the uh, he's the one that broke his chains and fucking started, you know, the, the fucking revolt. Yeah, so essentially, you saw all the slave children just kind of looking up at him and like, you know, uh-huh. and, and he's yep. just being a badass man. He knows martial arts, which is cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's like and in uh, everything, everywhere, all at once, he would uh, that. He would use that to full effect. Hey, Shorty, stop palling around with that kid. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the magistrate. He that's a creepy little kid, right? I don't, I don't think he knew the, he the, was it was going from that. The magistrate, the, or the, the, the Maharaja, or the Maharaja, or the magistrate. Oh. I think that's what that word might mean. Is actually like magistrate, Maharaj. So it might actually translate to magistrate. Seen that with wrestling, but I I don't know if anybody who uh, speaks Hindi uh, can can, uh, correct us. Go ahead, but. Um. Yeah, he's a creepy little kid, isn't he? We see that with Jinder Mahal, the Maharaja. Oh, Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal. <laughs> the Maharaja. The Maharaj. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes, we're um, not um, worthy of WWE. Right? <laughs> oh yes, fuck yeah. But yeah, he's he's a creepy little shit. Although he's just a pawn of Mola Ram, as it turns out. So. I guess, you know, that's fitting. And, and, you know, I don't know. He's he's the one that tells them to go out the left tunnel, even though they don't go out the left tunnel, but they end out okay. End up okay. Yeah, right. That That's kind of weird. I mean, I, I think the thing with Temple of Doom, again, like you said, Bo, is it, in tone, it's, it's, it's so different from what came before and everything, really. I mean, we're going from the Judeo-Christian theology to the Hindu one, for one. Um, also, the film is quite a bit more violent than the other two. Absolutely. This is a, one of the darker movies in this trilogy. And also one of the movies that was the impetus for a PG-13 rating along with, uh, I believe it was also this Last Crusade and I think finally a Poltergeist kind of mm. broke. That, that broke the camel's back there, so... I mean, for fuck's sake, they're severed fingers. <laughs> but but, but also, you know, Gremlins came out, and that was actually a really, really grody fucking movie that was actually gory in its own right. Yeah. You know, that also kind of led to the PG-13 rating a little bit, so... Very, very early, yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, 80s. we have the thuggy ritual scene where the dude... And I mean, I watched these movies as a child, mind you. Like, you know, I was watching these on VHS. This is also the era that film was going to go into the garbage the 80s because television was brand was very in television yeah. series you know like starsky and hutch i would argue that you know, uh, i would argue that the 80s were a really consequential uh, decade for movies you know so. i think the 80s you know coming out of like 1978 you know coming out of the halloween like john carpenter said he didn't know what the fuck was going to happen, right? Yeah. So he yeah. made a movie called Halloween, right? Exactly. And yeah. then after that, everything followed, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Sleepaway Camp, uh, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah. So he created a genre right when the movie industry was going to end. True. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And that's something he turned that fucking shit around, right? I mean, hell, the eighties was the time when like I mean United Artists went under because of Heaven's Gate and whatnot, you know? So yeah, no, that was a crazy time in in filmmaking. And it, it, it yeah, really was. And yeah. I mean to have a scene like like the thuggy ritual scene, you know, where this dude fucking takes you know, Mullah Ram comes and he takes this dude's heart 
rips it out of his chest and and lowers him into lava all the time they're shouting you know they're, they're, they're chanting you know and it's and 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 the heart catches on fire as the dude catches on fire i mean i watched this shit as a kid yeah now <laughs> th- th- this brings me back to uh, what i said in the raiders episode where uh we were uh, talking about, you know, when we first encountered the movie and I said, you know, like I got scared because I saw the, uh, the ending the, the ending scene on a, uh, on an Oscars telecast and everything. Well, this time around, I don't know, like that, that was actually kind of, it, it wasn't as gruesome, strangely enough for me at this, at this point, you know? And, and 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 this is like literally the Kano uh, fatality and whatnot, you know. <laughs> seriously, like, seriously. I mean, you y- you can't tell me that this wasn't the inspiration for Kano's fatality all it, the way. It, it probably was. Kano fatality. Oh shit. Yeah, from ripping the heart out of the yeah. chest. You know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. 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 yeah that shit. that that wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, yeah, it was pretty grody. But man, like I I fucking ate this shit up. Uh, fun fact, you know, I guess a kid, Temple of Doom was actually my favorite, right? In retrospect, I rewatched these and it's no longer my favorite. But um, in, in fact, it, out of the trilogy, I feel like it's that's the weakest film. But as a kid, man, I don't know. I just I just this shit was like it just stuck in well, my mind. It was so well, iconic. Well, the thing about Temple of Doom is that. It's it's the one movie out of this trilogy that best exemplifies a a standalone movie. You could watch this movie alone and be introduced to Indiana Jones, be introduced to the world he inhabits, be introduced to his character and everything that he does. Like like this could have even been a good uh, first movie before Raiders even. If we really want to do the prequel thing. If you want to do it in chronological order, it would actually work. Texas Sundown, what? uh Texas Sundown. Sundown. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Please watch Texas Texas Sundown on YouTube. Well, yeah. but Robert, I think that, you know, what's interesting is that you can look at the, like the cinematic techniques, you know, like some of the shots that we even took in Texas Sundown and you can kind of see, you know, where am yeah. I trying to go with this? I, I took, you can kind of see where took we a lot of took lands- some influence. I from. took a lot of the landscaping just from being a. Uh, uh, I think even if you didn't watch Indiana Jones like we did as a kid, like you could have still been indirectly influenced by it. I know because absolutely. you were influenced by movies that were influenced. I was by it. I was mostly influenced by shorts and uh, old theater, really too. Exactly, yeah. just well, like just like Indiana Jones, right? But you you also watched old old movies, you know, or maybe yeah. maybe what ended up influencing Indiana Jones. The the reason I try to be an actor or I. I am an actor is because of the old acting, you know? Yeah, exactly. I want to bring yeah. that whole thing back, dude. Like, well, and like, it's lost. Know. It's lost. I want to bring it back. It's yeah. They don't fucking make movies like this anymore. Like I'm, when I'm watching these movies and I'm looking at the, the pacing, the comedic timing, the, the, the dialogue, I'm just like, you know what I mean? People just don't make movies like this anymore. And if you try to, it's just going to end up coming out as derivative, really. I mean, <laughs> look look for an example, the recent Uncharted movie that we did an episode on. Yeah. Uh, 
ash. I think it's it like wor- to, to me that that's a movie that exemplifies, you know, and it's an Indiana Jones clone. But you know, well, I mean, arguably, Uncharted as a game series was basically a, basically an attempt at an Indiana Jones type of it, it is. Know, story. It is, and we mentioned that in the last part. But but that movie falls flat for a lot of reasons, you know, and and in least of which is the. I mean, some of the action set pieces felt a little bit done before, you know? It felt too referential, you know, when it comes to Indiana Jones to me. Was, That's was, the problem. I was going to say, like, Legends of the Hidden Temple of Nickelodeon. Oh, my God, I'm Robert. Sorry, really? I'm sorry, bro. Legends, dude, we could, yeah, we could go into a whole nother tangent about Legends <laughs> of the Hidden Temple. That is a legendary show that was a meat grinder to I actually sent, I sent you a link in. over the Hey Dude Ranch, right? Yeah, oh, no, I saw the Hey Dude Ranch. Yeah, yeah, they 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 found it. If we went there, yeah. you'd be like, dude. No, is, I remember Hey this Dude. This is nostalgia tripping. This, now, now, this find is, find me the camp that that, that would be find your me, childhood. Right? It, it, where's the camp where Salute Your Shorts? I was going to say that we need to go there. That would be. It, it, has, has that been found? I have they, not they know seen, where I have not seen that yet. If I found the link, shot. I would send it to you. And I'm like, dude, we need to go. No fucking because it's dude. probably in Texas, right? <laughs> It might be. No, more than likely that's in Texas or maybe Arizona or New Mexico. Yeah, exactly, bro. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Ta- tangent over. <laughs> uh, we're, we're nerding out. I we're mean, nerding out on stupid. We, we got to nerd out because it's just like we're lost in history. But uh, no, <laughs> what, what's interesting, you know, you brought up a good point, Bo, is, is that like what, what works with Indiana Jones is actually a lot of times pretty simple in nature. It just really hadn't been done before. The problem is, is that even if you try to pull that off now, it, it's just going to come off as being too referential. Just like you said, you know, it's like, yeah, we've seen it before. And so I think like what works best about a movie like Uncharted is that, yeah, it's like it reminds you of Indiana Jones. And when it was a video game, that kind of works. And then it's just like, oh, well, it's another movie that's what well, feels derivative of Indiana Jones. The, the interesting thing with Uncharted is, I mean, way back then, like right after Raiders came out, uh, Canon Films released their version of an Indiana Jones movie, and that's Alan Quartermain in The Lost City of Gold. Oh, yeah. Which is uh, streaming for free on Tubi, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Definitely check that one out. It is total campy goodness, and it actually does kind of uh, hit some of the... Uh, some of the same story beats as uh, as Raiders or something like that, you know? It, it kind of has that same feel to it, but it also has Richard Chamberlain and Sharon Stone and James, James Earl Jones. James motherfucking Earl Jones. Fuck yeah, man. I James mean... James Earl Jones, bro. And I would argue that movie kind of got Indiana Jones a little better than most of other clones, especially Uncharted all these years later, you know? Yeah. And that was back in the 80s. But yeah, it's like it's like so much of like what makes Indiana Jones good. And as I was watching all three of these films, it's like that's actually considered pretty basic by today's standards. But at the time, you know, this was kind of this was kind of revolutionary in a sense. No, no, no. You're right. This movie is the series is responsible for bringing lots of other movies into the darkness, out of the darkness. It, it kind of pioneered yeah. the, the modern adventure genre. But it yeah. also influenced gaming as the, well. The gaming, yeah. the you comic know? book genre. Like, look at look at Tomb That's Raider. where it's at, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, Tomb Raider is fucking hardcore. Oh, for sure. And and yeah, and like some of like the the grody bits, I think of Temple of Doom, um, are, are, have really kind of influenced cinema and and, and gaming as a whole. Um, one thing that I, I Stuckbit actually noted in his review was that uh, Spielberg's attitude towards violence actually drastically changed after Temple of Doom. Yeah, he got a little uh, uh, jumpy about using really hardcore violence, and he, even though I'm. I mean, in Last Crusade, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit, uh, you know, there were decapitations even and whatnot. There was a lot of really graphic violence in that movie. It just wasn't bloody violence. You know, yeah. that was the difference. There, there's kind of an exploitative feel to the first two Indiana Jones movie and especially Temple. Oh, Temple no, is absolutely. No, no, no right. Temple yeah. is a, an exploitative serial film. That's what that is. You're going from one to the other. Yeah. Which, the other one being a prequel. No, yeah. no Temple is absolute um, exploitation. But Temple, Temple, though, is still to me a movie that is. Ultimately, just the most fun out of the trilogy to watch, I feel. It really is the most fun, man. And I think what works about it, too, again, coming back to it, is it's is it's very simple. Like, for instance, the villain in this movie, you know, like the, the antagonist, Forrest, is... Are, are child slavers. And I, I think what connects with the audience and what resonates with us, and again, I mentioned in the last episode of way that we used to feel about Nazis is that we're just so instantly repulsed by it. I mean, there's that scene where Indy, who up to this point, you know, considering this is the earliest film in his adventure career, you know, hasn't really developed the moral compass that w that we would see later. Although I would argue he's, he's kind of always a scoundrel that never really changes, but even he is, is absolutely just so, uh, abhorrent of, of this act that without thinking, I mean, you can see it in his face and Harrison Ford is so good at just portraying Indy and like, you can just feel the emotion because, you know, you look at the, his face and like, you want to, you want to hit that child slaver that's whipping the, the kid with a rock as well. You want to throw a rock at him. And then you look at his face where like the realization sets in what he just did. Nah, he did that without thinking, you know, any person would do that. And so already, you know, you're emotionally invested because you're like, yeah, fuck those fucking child slavers. That's, that's fucking bullshit, man. And you know, it, oh. it makes the, the third act all the more um, yeah, I'd shoot compelling. A child slaver, I'm it, sorry. Oh, yeah. No, fuck child slavers. I will, I, absolutely. I will, hang them, I will hang them or I will shoot them. Well, hey, fun fact. Uh, child labor is back in various uh, states. So, Ooh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess we'll, we'll we'll sort of wrap up our thoughts on Temple of Doom here, so we can move on to the next one. <laughs> I'm really excited. I have so much to say about this. Um, but uh, yeah, Temple of Doom, guys. Um, what are, what are, what are your final thoughts? I feel like I mean the critical reappraisal that uh, Temple has received lately is definitely worth it. I mean, it, it's. It's it's uh, what I would argue is closest to a horror film in the uh, franchise a little bit, but kind of a horror in like the more universal sense, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think that I mean Temple is great as a standalone movie. 
like I mentioned earlier. Like it, you can absolutely just show this to somebody completely outside of the uh, actual trilogy and everything, and it would still make sense. It would uh, stand on its own, and it would be its own story, you know. And I think that that's what's the 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 most admirable thing about this movie, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, it, it, it's 100% a film that could just stand on its own and just represent Indiana Jones as a whole. Arguably, any one of these movies could, but Temple of Doom has a certain quality to it that's just like, yeah, this is the archetypal Indiana Jones film, even though it's the odd one out. How does that work? Yeah, they all feel like like it's like the first one. Only, yeah. only that Raider of the Lost Ark. We know that's the very first one, right? But, uh, yeah, like you said, they stand alone with a cliffhanger edge, man. Like, I would like to bring to every one of my fucking films, you know what I mean? For sure. Um, to where it's, you know, you, got, you grabbed your audience and it's like, okay, now where do we run with this? You know what I mean? Like Exactly. Yeah, like where do we go from here? Um, and, and honestly, you know, it pays off. And, you know, I could say that Last Crusade, the next film we're going to talk about here, also is a good standalone film. But there are parts of it that actually work better as an emotional payoff, uh, having, having, you know, watched movies, having experienced these adventures with these characters over the years. Uh, and I think that's maybe why it may be my favorite Indiana Jones film of all time. Wait, I'm getting ahead of myself, though, okay? Temple of Doom, all right? L final thoughts. I think the only thing I can say about it is, Molaram, prepare to meet Kali in hell. <laughs> <laughs> old legend of the Shankara stones. The villager's sacred rock was taken. Village stories, Dr. Jones. Fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. God, okay, so if, if, if there's any uh, movie that's even more quotable uh, than Raiders of the Lost Ark or Temple of Doom, it's The Last Crusade. Um, God, man, this movie is my favorite out of the bunch because it has everything that Raiders has, which is being like a perfect movie in all sense. Um, but it also has just this... Um, consistent humor throughout the movie. It's just consistently funny the entire time and I vibe with it. 
It is arguably the funniest movie of the franchise, really. I mean, it, I mean, yeah, but Harrison Ford's comedic timing is just so spot on in so many ways. I mean, he, he really knocks it out of the park. He, he really does. I mean, even going back to uh, even even like uh, there's a scene in uh, Temple of Doom. I'm going to I'm going to flash back to it real quick because I forgot I did want to mention this. But uh, where, you know, he's like, nice try, Lao Che. <laughs> and then he shuts the plane door and it says Lao Che, Lao Che Airlines. Like, you know, it's just moments just like, like that. <laughs> or when he runs farewell, up. Farewell, the- Mr. Jones. Yes. <laughs> and then when he, or when he runs up on the thuggy cult. You know, and then suddenly realizes that uh, that that they that there's a lot more of them yeah, than him, and and he runs back. You know, he's outnumbered. He's like, outnumbered out, out, entirely. And that comedic timing that we saw in that film, that we saw in Raiders, for instance, with the improvised sword fight gunshot scene. You know, like that. Just like comedic timing is amplified by like a billion in Last Crusade. Uh, there's just the synergy between him and Sean Connery, who if Kihoi Kwan and Harrison Ford were the best part of Temple of Doom, then Sean Connery and Harrison Ford are the best part of Last Crusade. Junior. Junior. That's right. I'm, I'm Sean Connery. Junior. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm now going to talk about this movie. Oh, this, God. Mo- this movie is one of the greatest movies I've ever done. It, it really is one of his best performances, and that's even comparing him, you know, with his Bond performance. Compared me to my sword. Compared me to my sword. I suddenly remembered my Charlemagne. Let my armies be the rocks and the trees <laughs> and the birds in the sky. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> that's for blasphemy. That's entrapment, Ash. <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Are we just going to do this entire, the rest That's of this right. podcast with Sean Connery I'll impressions? I'll do all this in Sean Connery voice. Sean Connery. That's right. I am now going to do all this in Sean Connery voice. But this movie, The Last Crusade. <laughs> now, let, let me tell you about this movie. Illumination. It, it was very illuminating. It was illuminating so much Let me much just ways. say one thing. Sally's uh, was saying. Sean, are you really going to interrupt me? I was gonna sing you motherfucker. Some, sing, sing That's for blasphemy. Slap. That's for blasphemy. I do that to my women as well. <laughs> Slap. I'm sorry. I was gonna sing some s thing. No, actually, no. That that's actually legitimately Sean Connery defended hitting Sam's women. Salary, Sam's quietly oh, by. The, yeah, he, 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 he quietly by the seashore. How, how do you say that? With the s's. She shall, she shall, she shall, by the she shall. That's right. You know what I'm talking about, right? That, uh, but that was not that Nazi bitch that I slept with. I knew exactly that she was a Nazi because she talks in her sleep. She talks in her sleep, and I'll tell you right now, we must go and we must find the Holy Grail. Oh, it was rather, rather, rather wonderful. <laughs> in my dragon's heart. My dragon's heart. I have my dragon's heart. Highlanders. We're, we're Highlanders. We're Highlanders. This is my sword. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But yes. 
Yeah, it's just like his, like the dialogue between him and Harrison Ford. I, I swear some of these lines are just like ingrained in my childhood memories. Just this like banter between them throughout the film. It's like for the point that Sean Connery comes into Last Crusade, the film just has this consistent quality to it that just never misses a beat. Every joke lands. It's so good. I mean, just like even, you know, simple things like, you know, the Nazis are pointing guns at them and they're like, Dr. Jones? Yes. At the same time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, or, or when he first meets his dad and, you know, he's like, uh, you know, uh, uh, it breaks the heart because he, he, he broke the 14th century Ming dynasty vase, you know, and, and uh, you know, and the head. And, and, then, and then, you know, like he's like, it's, it's fake. I'll, I'll, I'll never forgive myself. Never, and, and he thinks he's talking myself. about him and he's like, oh, it's all right, dad. And then he's like, thank it's, God. Thank God. It's fake. It's fake. <laughs> fake. Look, you can look at the cross stitching. And I'm like, you know, it's just like you just you just see their entire like dynamic. Your hat tipped into walking Phoenix into Harrison Ford. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant cut. It's League, oh. of, League of Extraordinary brilliant. Gentlemen, which is why I retired. Oh, yeah, no, let's let's talk about that opening scene because... That was a great scene. That was, he, and and uh, Andy's father, Henry, does play into that scene as well. That That's also where we get the first, you know, Oh, man, River, the character. River Phoenix, let me tell you. God damn. Stand by me, bro. Oh, man, the... the Rest in peace, bro. I mean, oh, his God, performance yeah. in this intro here. I mean, it's interesting because we kind of get two intros in one movie. Sort we of do. Here. You know, we, we, we get the uh, young Indiana Jones uh, intro, which has a lot of interesting, uh, you know, red herrings and kind of also shows where, uh, you know, Indy kind of gets his idea of what an adventurer is. You know, it's this uh, this one uh, thief that's trying to take the, it's the crucifix of Coronado, right? The cross of Coronado or something like that? The cross of Coronado. Yeah, and uh. what's interesting is there's even kind of a fake out where, we don't actually know what's going on. We're in Utah. We see these these you know kids. What are they? Boy they're, scouts. They're boy, they're boy scouts. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, cop, uh, come up on these uh, explorers. We see a guy with the fedora, actually the same fedora, and uh, 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 the, you know looks like the same jacket. And and I, I love how brilliant that scene is shot because you think it's Indy. And then suddenly the camera pans up and, and he, he he pulls his face up and you see it's not Indy. It's the guy from Jurassic Park. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Jurassic Park. <laughs> and, then, and then the kid, you know, the other kid talks to River Phoenix and he's like, Indy, Indy, Indiana. And you're like, oh, okay. And then we kind of get this whole like origin story. He's got this moral conviction that belongs you in a... Saying, <laughs> this mother... Dude, what Sam are you Neal. talking about? Dude? Like Sam, Sam Neill. Neal. You're talking about Sam Neill? This motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you getting into Sam Neill? That's the wrong dude. I mean, I mean, he, he wore he wore a fedora, but not he unlike Indiana too. Jones. Yeah, like, come on, dude. You know, what I mean, shit. <laughs> I'm like, he'd be a fake indie for a second, like Sam Neill. You know what I mean? A little bit. And then you're like, dude, no, nah, no, nah, that's Harrison Ford's job. Well, I mean, <laughs> hell, I mean, that is a Steven Spielberg movie, so yeah, there's going to be a little bit of an Indiana Jones. You know what I'm uh, saying, though, dude? Undercurrent that's why we both in Jurassic laughing, Park. Dude. So yeah. <laughs> oh my god yeah oh, shit. 
but yeah, we get this this whole sort of origin story for Indy. Um, we see his moral conviction from a young age that belongs in a museum, but we also get like the origin of the fedora, the bullwhip, the chin scar that is actually an actual real chin scar that Harrison Ford has in real life. Yeah, the fear it, of snakes, whatever it, phobia yeah, that's the, called. The, the fear of snakes is. Uh, I mean, that it's kind of interesting because I mean, first he's shown as not having any fear of snakes at all. He even throws a snake aside. But, I mean, I, I guess it was just, you know, finally uh, coming across a, a snake that he couldn't uh, control or snakes he couldn't control well, that it, finally it, freaked him out enough. It's intentional, something. yeah, because they yeah. show that young Indy's like, he literally says it's just a snake. It's kind of a... Yeah. Like, like the, 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 the scene is actually humorous because of the way he reacts to the snake, right? It's kind of like, oh, he's not, a, he's not afraid of it. Like, okay, he's just a snake. But then he lands in a pit of snakes and it's like, and then from then on, it was just never the same. We saw this like complete shift. Yeah, it, it was. It was motherfucking tr- snakes on these motherfucking planes. No, <laughs> hell no. All these snakes on this motherfucking plane. Hell, hell what no. The fuck, hell fuck no. that. No, God, open some it. motherfucking windows. Open seasonal snakes. Damn. These monkey fighting snakes off this Monday to Friday <laughs> plane. Monday to Friday to plane. I ain't got time for this. Open some freaking windows. This is rated for oh. television. goddammit. Exactly. But yeah, and we even get, you know, a little glimpse of Indy and uh, his relationship with his father. And then, Robert, like you mentioned, that perfect just like cut where we get the young Indy to the old Indy. Like tip the hat. And then we get that day. And then we get kind of that second intro to the movie where we have now Indy's proper introduction, you know? Right. And he's trying to once again get the Cross of Coronado back from this. this uh, villain that he's uh, been, uh, you know, hounding for all these years. Right. And we kind of see like the fulfillment of that. And here's where the film actually really starts to parallel Raiders of the Lost Ark in a lot of ways. <laughs> in a lot of ways. I mean, you start out with this like opening adventure where he comes back. We see him teaching class. He talks to Marcus Brody. They're going to go after this Judeo-Christian religious artifact that the Nazis are also after, and then they have to get it before the Nazis. Before Captain America can um, reach, the, reach the Tesseract, I'm sorry. Some, <laughs> some dude reaches out to them. Some some dude that's unknown or, or group of or organization comes to Indy, requests him to go. He talks about it with Marcus Brody, decides to go, meets up with a father figure <laughs> and gets a chick along the way. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no, that that that's pretty much Raiders to a T. I mean, <laughs> it's almost the same movie, and yet. You know, it works. Like, this movie is so good, actually, in my opinion, better than Raiders. It's it's my favorite Indiana Jones film. It manages, you know, and it's funny because of the backlash from Temple of Doom for being so different. Last Crusade decided to just do the exact same thing and arguably do it better. <laughs> and it works. Nobody complained about it. It was like, because even though we're taking the same skeleton, we're building it with a different structure. And again, I think the, the, the chief thing that this brings to the table is, is Sean Connery because <laughs> it's not the lady interest. Fuck that Nazi bitch. Oh, absolutely. I don't like any of those Nazis either. <laughs> those fucking She's a Nazi. Fucking Nazi She's cunt. One of them. She's one of them. <laughs> you shot wow. him? Sure. <laughs> wow. I've been nurtured by the Queen Shah. <laughs> yeah, quite a Queen Shire. Yeah, so, you know, at first I was like, you know, I'm not sure if uh, Willie, the diva, or Elsa, the Nazi, are worse, but no, not Elsa's worse. Uh, she got what was coming to her. 
They always get what's coming to them, isn't that right, Sean? Yes, Sean. That's right, Sean. Yes, Sean. Also, she fucked both uh, Indy and his father. She fucked a, a father and the son. Like, that's just fucked up, man. It is, I guess. I don't know. It's not even I mean, about slut shaming, man. I don't care about that. Okay. It's like As she's somebody a Nazi. with personal experience she, she, in this matter. She 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 was a Nazi, <laughs> and, you, and you just don't fuck Nazis. You know, you just she don't. That's wolf, true. She wolf of the SS will break your heart. Absolutely, Ilsa. She wolf of the SS. So you, you need to know what you're getting yourself into. Oh yeah, you know. Well, man, rest in peace, Diane Thorne. Don't fall in love. I have that movie, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I like it. It's, it's on Tubi. <laughs> again, Temple of Doom and and Last Crusade actually kind of do this thing where the relationship with the girl in the movie isn't important. The girl isn't even important. She never comes up again. Uh, in this case, she dies, and she's kind of part of the villains. Hell, you know? hell. There's even uh, that sequence where uh, they go to Berlin. They they have to go to Berlin to get the uh, Grail book back from her. Yeah. And so, I mean. Indy actually shows a little bit of a proclivity towards possibly killing her, like just because she's a fucking Nazi. All I have to do is squeeze. All I have to do is squeeze. It's like she's like, all I have to do is scream. It's like all I have to do is squeeze. Like that. That's cold, man. But rightfully so. She's a Nazi. Fuck her. Fuck her. Reynolds. Oh. Oh, and and then uh, he comes. He comes uh, face to face with Hitler. Oh, that's actually an interesting scene. It's like. Here he is. He's in disguise. He is uh, brought to this book burning, which, if you know anything about the book burnings, is like the first. Uh, the, the first book burnings was pretty much all of the uh, literature on uh, trans and other LGBTQ uh, uh, people. You know that was the that was the first bu- book burning. So that's yeah. pretty much what's being burned there. And, and, and he, so, he he comes face to face with Hitler. Yeah, with, with the with the Grail diary that his dad mailed to him, which the Nazis stole, which then he had the, to get the, back. The, the very thing that Hitler wants, it's right there in front of him. And what does he do? Just because, just out of pure cynicism, just opens it up and signs it and gives it to Indy. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's it's. I would say it's like practically cynical in a way. The contempt on on Harrison Ford's face too. Like he does a really good job uh, of just showing like Indiana's contempt, absolute contempt for Nazis, which is what you should absolutely have. But also bewilderment. Have. Like holy shit, this is fucking Hitler. <laughs> absolutely, it's like no motherfucking literal Hitler right in front Animal. of you. But it's a scene that works with no dialogue. No, no dialogue that at all. No, they they they. Just just look at each other and then they like a uh, homeboy that played Hitler just looks down at him and looks at the book, signs it and then sends him on his way. It's like, once again, you know, you know, I don't forget. I forget who said it, you know, it like that was an example of the banality of evil sort of, you know? Yeah. But yeah, there's just so many of these just like comedic moments. Like I, I, again, the movie is just consistently funny. Like that exchange with Hitler, and then right after it, maybe my my favorite, like my most the funniest scene out of the entire trilogy for me, is uh, the scene where uh, Indy and Henry are on board the blimp. They're flying out of Berlin. Nazis come on board. Um, so Indy actually, uh, you know, no, takes notice of this 
starts talking to one of the flight attendants. I love how brilliantly this is written, by the way. He's just talking to this flight attendant, his arm around his shoulder. He, they come around the corner. Indy comes around the corner in the flight attendant's clothes. You know exactly what happened without ever having to see it. You know, he comes around and, and while the Nazis are looking for both of the Joneses on board, Indiana is, 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 you know, pretending that he's like asking for tickets, tickets, please. And, you know, and then the Nazi, the main Nazi guy in the movie, I forget his name. Uh, he finds Henry senior and Indy comes from behind him. <laughs> tickets, please. <laughs> that fucking Nazi (laughs) throws him out the window as the passengers look at him bewildered he he simply states no ticket yeah obviously bro they were looking for the rocketeer you know Ah, yeah Yeah, that could actually be a good little uh, double feature with Last Crusade is the Rocketeer the Rocketeer watch that Disney Plus yeah definitely definitely. if you hadn't seen it I think they're talking about redoing that movie I would love for there to be a new Rocketeer, dude. That would be fucking amazing. I'm like, dude, I don't know if you should redo that movie. That movie is badass. Not redo it, but But, uh, do a proper sequel. Even for a Disney movie back then, dude, that movie was badass, yeah? Yeah, but I mean, talk about another movie that benefited from uh, Indiana Jones a little bit in uh, feel. Uh, The Rocketeer is actually kind of like that a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that, that kind of has that Indiana Jones, you know, uh, you know, international intrigue. Exactly, international it has to deal with uh, Howard Hughes. Really. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, and yeah, his flight pattern. Recall. Honestly, yeah. in the whole Rocketeer thing, Howard Hughes made. And the it also pattern. had the Nazis as uh, as yeah. antagonists. Uh, Howard so, Hughes made the entire rocket pack. Yeah. for the Rocketeer. Yeah, but remember, the, yeah. the Nazis were trying to steal that. Yeah, that the movie. Nazis so, were trying to get a hold of that. So may, maybe maybe the Rocketeer may have been a better, you know, indirect yeah. Indiana Jones sequel and than then, anything. And then you that, know? One, that one mechanic <laughs> turned it around with the helmet just alone, making a rudder to the helmet. And then just, I don't know what else he did to the rocket, though. He put a, yeah. he put a wad of gum on a leak. Yeah, that was a bullet hole, right? <laughs> yeah, he put a lot of... <laughs> yeah, that was a bullet hole he tried but yeah, to slip. That, that is actually another example of a movie that actually benefited from uh, Indiana Jones and also especially from Last Crusade, I kind of feel, you know, because, you know, Last Crusade, it actually brought a little more of the international intrigue. It, it back, brought in, you know? the, yeah, the Rocketeer brings in the, avi- the aviation era, like from the Wright Brothers, yeah. all of it, dude. So, and and, and, and it, it still has Indiana Jones just kind of written all over it. It, it really does. Know? It does. I mean, but yeah, from what the hero did, it it has like that old school theater play, that chapter play. And, to and, it. and, and going back yeah. to the to the blimp scene in uh, Indiana Jones, uh, interesting little uh, callback in uh, Dogma. If y'all still have this movie, oh, yeah. which is kind of. Really difficult to find nowadays because of uh, one Harvey motherfucking rotten balls Weinstein. Yeah, but I digress. But yeah, in, in that movie, there's uh, the the scene where Loki and Bar- Bartleby uh, make friends with uh, Linda Fiorentino's character and everything, and Jane and Silent Bob is there, and they're actually chilling and whatnot. And then uh, once the prophet recognizes them, uh, uh, Silent Bob eventually kicks them out of the moving uh, uh, train. And then yeah. he, he looks at a customer, at another uh, passenger that's looking at him. He just uh, shrugs and says, no ticket. 
This is after this and, is after he takes a long drag off a cigarette. Absolutely. And then, and then he looks yeah. at them and just the way he delivers the line is just like yeah. it, it's a reference done right. Absolutely. And and, and 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 I mean all the mannerisms are there and everything, and it actually makes sense, you know. He threw yeah. them out of a moving train this time instead of a blimp. And it's like it, it's a great little callback. Yeah. And I don't know, it's it's almost like the way that that, that Kevin Smith delivers the line, it's like it's like Silent Bob has actually been like waiting to like make that reference. And see, that's his one is one line per movie. That's you know, his one line in that one. Yeah. It's his one line in that movie right there is no ticket. So, so it's, like, it's like both Kevin Smith and Silent Bob were waiting to make that reference because, again, that scene is just so fucking iconic. It's, just, it's so simple when you think about it but it's so effective uh there's another gag that's like that in this movie that where you know it, it they're in the library and and he's 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 banging the tile on the floor in order to gain access to the catacombs yeah and you know there's the old man who's stamping and every time he stamps down indy you know uh indy hits the the tile and <laughs> <laughs> just, and, 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 and yeah, the the <laughs> librarian is just like, what? Wait, what? The, the librarian, fuck? yeah, yeah. The the, the librarian is like, well, hold on. And then he just he hits the ink, and then it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then he just keeps on doing the boom. It's like he's like, oh yeah. And then he just kind of gets into it, right? <laughs> that's hilarious. That that's perfect. Uh, perfect use of a background character for humor. It, it really is. I I mean, in like like. That whole scene is just, it's just, even that one scene is littered with just little moments like that. Um, there's the X marks the spot moment, which earlier in the film, Indy is telling that to his students that X never ever marks the spot. And then, you know, when the Roman numeral 10 is, is, is on the floor and it's like, it's an obvious X marks the spot. And you know what? That line wouldn't normally work. But one, because it was built up earlier in the film, and yeah. two, because of Harrison Ford's delivery of the line, it actually does work, and there's no, like, he's cringe a, at he's all. He's actually kind of exasperated. He's like, X marks the spot. X marks the spot. He's like, he's like you got to be kidding me, kind of, you know? <laughs> yeah. he, has, he has that vibe to him. He's like, you got to be fucking kidding me here. Really? Yeah. It's just like little like bits of humor at every angle. You know what? I mean, he he's a real chad here because he actually uh, manages to retain his skepticism, even though literally seeing evidence of both the uh, the uh, Jewish uh, Yahweh and uh, the Hindu uh, Kali uh, having actually existed. You yeah, know, and then there's that the line in Temple of, of Doom where he's like, "You betrayed Shiva." Like, yeah, you betrayed <laughs> Shiva. Like, actually acknowledging the the Hindu gods exist and everything. It's he, like, but he remains a skeptic throughout. You know, he does. He still is like, I don't, I don't believe in that hocus pocus, uh, superstitious nonsense. I'll tell you what, and I'll give it one prop, and we'll we'll actually acknowledge its existence. But Dial of Destiny kind of addresses that. Really, it does. There's okay. a scene where he kind of says something to, to the, acknowledging the fact that he's seen things that he couldn't explain, but he still maintains his skepticism. And that's that's why, because he still can't explain what he experienced. He just knows he experienced it. Yeah, you know? yeah, uh, um, yeah. Exactly. And actually, Indiana Jones is me. That would be me. 
I yeah. would go through these situations and still have a healthy bit of skepticism. Like, I don't necessarily believe in this just because I saw this. There's some kind of explanation for this. Yeah, and that's <laughs> why I feel like these movies are, you know, so important to this day, you know? Not only because of the uh, themes of anti-fascism and anti-authoritarianism that's, I mean, permeated through this uh, movie, but something we haven't really uh, touched on is, you know, how utterly you know anti-authoritarian this series is yeah you know but you know it, it's it's also about skepticism you know it's it's one of the underlying themes of this movie and it's that's why it's important in this day and age of misinformation and disinformation coming from you know certain certain uh you know sources you know and everything but it's like we need somebody to be, you know, be like the the Neil deGrasse Tyson of just pure skepticism. We used to have, you know, like uh, like Carl Sagan. We used to have, uh, you know, what was his name? Uh, the, uh, the 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 magician that always uh, uh, tried to debunk uh, supernatural shit. I forget his name. I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of it either. Yeah. God damn it. We, 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 we will uh, find out about it and put it in our show notes. <laughs> like, they, just to be like, by the way, this was like, oh my God, his, his name is on the tip of my tongue, but I'm just too stoned to fucking yeah, think of like, it. I can't go to sleep, but I'll remember right when I wake up, if I, if I ever do wake up. Yeah. That type of thing. But yeah, it's like we need we need voices of skepticism and of critical thinking in this 100%. day and age. And, 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 and I think that that's what Indiana Jones kind of uh, symbolized to me more than anything. Really? It's yeah. just, it's just really always keeping a rational and uh, skeptical and critical eye on everything, but you know, still also accepting that there are things in this world that you can't fucking explain. You know, that science may not even be able to explain. Honestly. Or, or, or who knows, maybe there are easy explanations. We just haven't uh, come across them yet. You I, know? Sh I should have yeah. been, dude, bros, I should have been watching this series back to back with E.T. back in the day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Those, that's another great Spielberg movie right there. You yeah, know, that's the thing. I, I never saw the indie series when I was a kid. I'm yeah. sad for that, dude. You yeah. would have resonated with this shit as a kid. You uh, know? And moments of this movie are it. burned, burned into my memory. Absolutely. Like, like the final sequence with the, the grail challenges. Yeah. Like, I, I saw the first Jurassic Park. I saw E.T. I never saw Indiana Jones, and it was before any of that, though. You know what I mean? Damn. It's yeah. like, I mean, that that's kind of sad, man. I feel for you there a little bit because... This series was so integral to my childhood, next to like Ghostbusters. It, it makes you know? me feel I like, mean, dude. You know what it makes me? It makes me feel like I missed on a whole big adventure. Really, I know, yeah. man, and it sucks to kind of feel that way. Well, and know? it's like you even grew up on uh, some of the films that that were inspired by this. Yeah, too. see, like, the, like what I was telling you guys, the Goonies is like, dude, that inspired the whole adventure for me. Actually, it's like in the Goonies uh, is in and of and itself kind of an before, Indiana Jones uh, before because of the same clone. actor. Yeah and, yeah, and Spielberg being the director. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's almost the same adventure. They're leading you to the same adventure, and it's just like yeah. The adventure continues, right, dude? Absolutely, you're not wrong, dude. You, you want the adventure to continue, really? Yeah. Never over. It's, it's it, never truly it really, over. It's never the, ogre. With the Spielberg, <laughs> with the Spielberg journey, it's never over. Yeah. And in many ways, this was Spielberg at his uh, pre-Schmaltz era. You know, I mean, he really touched on that with maybe uh, 
you know, to a degree, uh, E.T. in maybe yeah. somewhat close encounters. But this was where he dropped the schmaltz and he was just like, no, we're going to put forth a very straightforward kind of action adventure series with sometimes dark and violent overtones. Yeah. No, like, like, you know, and just, yeah, even some like the sequences, but yeah, going back to that, that, that final sequence, you know, where they're, they're facing the challenges of the grail, like, man, like, like I can just, I, I just remember these scenes so vividly. Like I, I, I could almost quote them even like, however many fucking years it is later now, man, 15 plus, <laughs> you know, the penitent man kneels in order to go through the breath of God. And then the 20 years. Yeah. The, 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 the name of God, you know, Jehovah. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and the, the penitent man, the, the against man. the breath of God, the, mm -hmm. the name of God, and then the path of God, just like these, these little, like, like just booby trap sequences and like the whole illusion with the path of God. And it's, it's, it's so good, man. It's In so just, many ways. That's like the most memorable part of the movie is the when they man. actually, yeah. Penitent man, the penitent, penitent man, penitent man. Exactly. Jehovah when, starts with an eye. Yeah, and when we get to that sequence, and, and then you have like the stakes involved with uh, with Henry being shot and everything, you know, the, the stakes are higher. Yeah, because Indy has to find the Grail now in order to save his father, who's going to die. And these characters have built up this this relationship, this bond over the film. Over the past twenty years, they hadn't spoken much, but over the course of this adventure, they both go through character arcs. Indiana learning to deal with the way that his father. Um, uh, uh, treated him growing up, you know, the way he, he taught him to depend on himself, like he eloquently puts. Uh, and Henry, you know, kind of coming to terms with what needs to be done at the beginning of the film, you know, he's like, when, when Indy, you know, takes the gun, shoots a bunch of nods me, he's, I said, don't call me junior. He's like, what have you done? You know what? Look what you've done. But at the end of the movie, he's fucking shooting Nazis from tanks too. Absolutely. And even, uh, employing, uh, seagulls, you know, yeah. Employing <laughs> innovative tactics to take the Nazis down, you know, like, with red pit and fury, dude. Oh. Yeah. He did the same thing, right? He did the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Inglorious bastards too. Yeah, exactly. You so saw, that you, was probably a reference. Honestly, you gotta yeah. see the same sergeant. From going Inglorious Bastards to Fury, Brad Pitt. It, I, I, cool. I'm sure that both of those movies use this movie as a but, an influence uh, for no, that. The Fury, but, which is the awesome. Fury. I want to, I want to show you, bros, the Fury movie. Oh yeah, Fury is a is a great, great that, uh, war movie. That came out like ten years ago. I think we missed out on that, dude. We did. We should have talked about uh, it by now. We, we should on, have. On, on the podcast. And as a war movie, dude, alone, it stands alone as a great war movie, dude. Oh, no. I got a way better war movie than that. And uh, I, I like, you know, I have my war movies. I have my, I have a lot of war movies that are fucking oh, near and dear to me, too. Yeah. They're mostly spiritual. And yeah. But uh, you got Hacksaw Ridge, uh, Platoon, dude. That's. Well, and Indiana yeah. Jones, I think, works so well because it references World War Two. I mean, it's not technically yeah. a war movie, but it's set during a war mostly, uh, except for Temple of Doom. But, uh, but using that yeah. as the backdrop is able to immediately connect with your audience. Yeah, what what I love with more or war movies is kind of like the the brother camaraderie. Yeah, when when you know the actors 
come out of like with within the story. True, yeah. Mostly kind of like Forrest Gump is Vietnam too, but most people don't even like Forrest Gump, but <laughs> it's a true story too. Yeah, but, but uh, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, like the experiences yeah. that you come to through together. Exactly. When, and, when you're when you're facing death and that that's something not dissimilar to what Indy and Henry go through. Exactly. I mean, they're uh and ultimately culminates in in um, platoon. I love that movie, dude. Platoon. <laughs> like, like we got to go back and watch that movie too. It's got a Willem Dafoe. He's a oh hell yeah, their sergeant too. You're gonna like it, dude. I don't know if you actually seen it, but it's got Charlie Sheen. Here, here's an impactful war it's a movie. 1986 right film, bro. Here's I mean, an impactful war it. movie. Grave of the Fireflies. Nice. Yeah. This movie's Vietnam yeah. films will and, and come and see. Come and will, see is really brutal. Vietnam films will fuck with you actually a little bit. Uh, just kind of like the way they were made. And uh, World War Two films, not bad at all either. Uh, the Fury, the Fury movies, uh, like kind of like a brother line invading the Nazis in World War Two. But we need, to, we need, we need to watch that. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Brad Pitt, it's haircut. I, w- I was almost going to cut my hair like that. <laughs> I'm sure you were, Robbie. Yeah, you, yeah, you drive, right? I mm-hmm. do you drive. drive. You drive? Like a speed demon. Uh, very I fast. drive. Very fast. Or, or the the uh, the leader of uh, that government does. He's <laughs> <was> like <laughs> Rolls Royce. Yeah, Black. no shit. What, what, okay, what, what government was that? Like what country was that? I don't even remember, man. And I, I'd watched this movie like three times over at least in like the last like two weeks. But like the, the dude that, that 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 gets all like, oh yeah, that's in Temple of Doom, right? No, that's in Last no, Crusade. No, the no, dude, it's the Last dude, Crusade. Yeah, you're right. It's in Last Crusade. Because they're asking to excavate the Grail, which is really interesting that he's willing to like sacrifice this like object that supposedly grants you know immortality, you know, for like a Rolls Royce or whatever. But maybe he just doesn't believe in it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe so. I mean, in the end, it is a Christian artifact, and it's he's uh, clearly Monty, not Muslim. It's yeah. Monty Python's yeah. Holy Grail. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, Monty Python's Holy Grail, which we talked about already. Which we already did. We've already done that movie So before. go back and visit that episode if you can. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe we should uh, push uh, Monty, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That was a good years. episode. I like that episode. That was a great episode. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like we're like, I don't know, I feel younger just revisiting these episodes. <laughs> I know, it's been a you know while. I mean? It's been a while, dude. Yeah. We're going on We're going on our seventh anniversary here yeah. pretty soon, so yeah. yeah. We are getting old. We are. It's a. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Last Crusade. Oh God, man! man. It, Last Crusade probably to me. Here's my thing about these three movies. It's like I mean, Raiders has the best story, and the best intro. Uh, Temple of Doom is the best standalone movie, you know, because of its prequel and everything. And it, and it, to me, it has the uh, most cinematic intro. This movie right here, it's uh, it, it's it's arguably a uh, the, the 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 ending is better. The 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 ending sequence in the uh, in the uh, temple of the Holy Grail and everything. It's like that is he actually chose poorly. It goes poorly. Yeah, he chose poorly. <laughs> it's like that's like the best ending out of all of the movies. You know. So, so so that's how I kind of approach these movies, and I mean, it, it it's like they 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 all have, are are like uh, greater parts of an equal sum, you know. 
It's like, and there's, and there's parts of these movies that, you know, even if you just kind of take them out of context and they stand alone and everything, they're still uh, really, really memorable and iconic moments. 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah, this, these films are full of iconic moments. Like, I mean, you know, again, going back to the banter between Henry and Indy, like, you know, some of these moments, I just remember vividly like line for line you know dad what dad what (laughs) and for the fireplace (laughs) and then the comedic timing with that scene where like you know they 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 um they they hop around the 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 moving fire the rotating fireplace a couple times and uh there's that one moment this is where the timing is just perfect you know they they look at the nazi lady they smile sheepishly she smiles back (laughs) alarm (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Alarm! Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they find the Nazi bunker and everything. Yeah. Like, oh shit, man, that's funny. <laughs> Goddamn Nazis! I have something to tell you, Dad. Don't get sentimental on me now. The floor's on fire. So, uh, my sword. My sword. <laughs> that's right. Sean, I'm, I'm gonna do the rest of this uh, review, Sean like doing Sean Connery voice. <laughs> and then we gotta talk about the final, final scene of the movie. Oh, um, yes. The, the reveal, of course, that Indiana Jones is not his real name. I don't, maybe, you know, in the novelizations or promotional material, it may have already been known that he was Henry Jones Jr. I don't know. But for most film watchers, they think this was where we learned that his name wasn't really Indiana Jones. And they, they kind of poke fun at it in Temple of Dune with that one scene where he's like, my, my professional name, you know, and she's yeah, like, exactly. Indiana. <laughs> You know, but like here, you know, we named the dog Indiana. We named the dog Indiana. Dog you are Indiana. named after the dog? I have a lot of fun memories. Oh, we of haven't that brought dog. up Sala in this movie, dude. Sala the is Return great. of Sala. Yeah, dude. Man, John Rice Davies. I fucking yes, love him. Man. He's he's perfect in this movie. And and it, it's a perfect compliment to his uh, work in Raiders, you know. Perfect. It is, and I'm glad that they brought him back. So that's another element of Raiders. Really? Is, and also Brody. And Brody, who plays a much more major role this time. Absolutely. Uh, he actually, you know, it's funny, in Raiders, they think he says, I'm much too old for this. And then in <laughs> Last Crusade, which chronologically takes place later. Oh, no, this one, later, he, he, he's just uh, like, no, let's go. It's the grail he asked yeah, you, right? Like, no, and he, yeah, he asked you, he's like, no, screw this, I'm going. The search for the grail is the search for the divine in all of us. Absolutely. <laughs> I guess so. Such an impactful line. It really is. And and it, yeah, that's the uh that's his justification for tailing with him, right? Mhm. Yeah. It's like uh, yeah, and he's a fun character as well, you know. Oh, I love Brody. You know, it, it was that moment where Andy bluffs and he's like, you know, he speaks a dozen languages. He can blend into any environment. At, at any rate, he's got a two-head start. With any luck, he's got the grail already. Does anyone here speak English? Excuse me. <laughs> and then right after with with Sala, and he's like, run. What? Suddenly, you know, blah, blah, blah. Run. Run. <laughs> Fucking run. <laughs> you mean, yes, run. Run. Yes, run. Go. Run, Indiana. And then he ends up in Nazi, uh, in, in Nazi custody yes. anyways. God damn it, Brody. God damn it. <laughs> oh my god got lost in his own museum uh, he got lost in his own museum <laughs> what chris hemsworth got lost in his own museum huh got lost in his own museum huh <laughs> we 
You're about to complete a great quest. The Holy Grail, Dr. Jones. Oh, rats. Oh. This is it. Look. The shield is the second marker. We found it. Indiana Jones is on the quest of a lifetime. But for some adventures, one Jones is not enough. Dad? Junior? Don't call me that, please. Follow me! I know the way! A race across three continents. And in this sort of race, there's no silver medal for finishing second. The homeland of the enemy. Nazis. I hate these guys. Our situation has not improved. In his search for the Holy Grail. How dare you kiss me? my father in the belly of that steel beast Dad! Junior! you call this archaeology the quest for the grail is not archaeology it's a race against evil germany has declared war on the jones boys those people are trying to kill us i know dad it's a new experience for me Happens to me all the time. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Have the adventure of your life. Keeping up with the Joneses. So many I, just iconic characters. I know I've, we've probably said that word like a dozen fucking times across both of these episodes, but um, this is the epitome of iconic, like all three of these movies. I mean, I, I guess we can sort of get into our final thoughts on Last Crusade and the Indiana Jones trilogy as a whole here. Uh, Bo? Yeah, man, this is just one of those franchises that I can always go back to and I can always expect, you know, everything that I experienced before, you know? You know what I mean? It's like, I can't feel that for Star Wars. I can't, I can kind of feel that for uh, Ghostbusters. That's one of those uh, franchises for me. But Indiana Jones is definitely one of those franchises for yeah. me. You know? uh, I can't really say that because, you know, I haven't really seen it enough. Yeah. Uh, what do you yeah. think about these movies having watched them now, Robert? Th- having watched them now, I, I just want to, actually, I just want to put them all over again. Like I want to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark again. I want They're to watch. so rewatchable, right? They are Absolutely. rewatchable. I think they withstand it, the the like the time error, the test of time. Yeah, yeah. it stands the test of time. Yeah. And and to this day, you can put them on. You can find things that are creepy about it. You can find things that are funny about it. Like, you can find yeah. things that are that are you know dramatic about it. Like, you, you, like they're, I was they're, telling you guys, like I'm just a little mad at myself that I hadn't seen them before. You know. I know, man, and and it's like that's to me it, it's unconscionable because Indiana Jones has been with me for so long. You know, it's just been a part of my life. It's kind of like it, thing. It, yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of like part of the way that I view cinema. Yeah. And I think even for those of us that didn't grow up with this. I, I think it's influenced us indirectly, as I mentioned earlier. I mean, as for my final thoughts, I feel that, um, you know, 
these movies are just so infinitely rewatchable that like I not only watched the trilogy at least like two or three times over in preparation for this podcast and watched them all again a few months ago, but I, I Last Crusade, I think I, I watched at least three or four times, like uh, just, just alone. And I, I ended up showing it to a buddy of mine because I mean, it's just like, it's so good. And if I had to show one of them, um, I know, I think last episode I said, if you have to watch one Indiana Jones movie, it's, it's Raiders. He said he had seen Raiders already. So yeah. I showed him, I showed him last crusade and, um, yeah, I mean, it's just like all, any of these movies are a good time. You can show them to just about anyone and have a good time. Um, they, again, like you said, Robert, they stand the test of time. They're brilliant, even in their, their simple simplicity. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it like, and Harrison Ford is just really giving it his all. You've got an all-star team, including uh, Steven Spielberg and uh, George Lucas. And uh, I know Lawrence Kasdan and Philip Kaufman wrote uh, Raiders. Yeah. Let's see. Um, yeah, I, I think these movies will forever be frozen in time. They will be. I mean, they're to, to me, they're all, th- th- this is my Star Wars. Mm. Right yeah. There. You uh, know? See, Jeffrey Bohm wrote the screenplay for Last Crusade. Uh, Minnow Mayhez also co-wrote the story. And then Temple of Doom... Uh, screenplay by Willard Huke, Gloria Katz, and yeah. So yeah, that's everybody that helps direct <laughs> and awesome, write, awesome. Uh, the uh, Indiana Jones movies. Uh, of course, Steven Spielberg, you know, is, is just, you know, just a master of his craft. Um, and Harrison Ford as well. Just phenomenal. This, yep. this is them at their peak, honestly. Absolutely. And also, like we said earlier, Spielberg at his least schmaltziest. You know, yeah. maybe the the relationship between Indy and his dad gets a little schmaltzy, but that's the closest this series gets to that. Yeah, it, it it's just yeah, it, it it it's so good, man. But yeah, guys, uh, this has been a relatively long episode, but we were covering two movies, so that's to be expected. Two classic movies that you know demand uh in-depth discussion i know it, it kind of feels like we barely scratch the surface even you know in so <laughs> right? many That's ways true. i'm just glad we got this much recorded really but honestly uh, yeah yeah we we just kind of went off on both of these movies and that's tangents and, it, uh, it, it, and even with tangents and everything and uh, we still covered you know so fair barely little about this movie i feel you know and we still went in depth and we still didn't cover the crystal skull so yeah well that never happened i don't know what movie you're talking about yeah. robert no, uh, th- th- no th- this is this is not happening on this podcast robert yeah um, no th- this is not happening there was no shia labeouf shia labeouf is a, is a figment of your imagination but he's robert. even steven just so. do it he's even steven i don't know what even steven is even, even do it Stevens. do it what, what do you mean do it Make your dreams come true. You can make fire with your mind. Just, just do it. Just do it. Just you can go. Do su- it. You can go Super Saiyan. Just do it. My name is Jay Lynn and I am a Super Dude, Saiyan. He's endorsing fire and Camaros. Okay. Absolutely. I so mean, you just gotta. You just gotta do it. <laughs> <laughs>
Jesus Christ. Fucking Camaros. Bitching Camaros. Bitching Camaro like the dead milkman. Hell yeah. <laughs> dude, I was telling Jesse, dude, just shove a Corvette engine behind a fucking old Camaro. Oh my God, right? Fucking hey, dude. Still the same GM motor. Fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ, guys. What is this What is this episode devolved into? Just, I don't know anymore, dude. Wait, I, I feel like Sean Connery should slap me for that. And That's say, right. That's I'm, I'm going to slap me. you. Slap. Slap, slap, slap. That's what I did to you. Okay. And what are you going to say? That's for blasphemy. That's for, that's for blasphemy. <laughs> this is entrapment. Catherine but, um, Jones. Oh. If uh, you enjoyed this episode, uh, let us know. Feed, leave feedback on your platform of choice. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll link all of our uh, podcast platforms and social medias in the show notes. So uh, go check us out there. Uh, we also do have a Patreon uh, where you can get access to exclusive uh, full-length movie commentaries. Uh, also, uh, you can buy us a coffee. Absolutely. And also check us out on Spreadshirt.com under Collateral Media Podcasts. You can find uh, shirts, hats, mugs, tote bags, and stickers, and all kinds of uh, collateral cinema and collateral media swag. So check us out there. And also uh, look us up on Good Pods. Uh, listen to us there and uh, vote for us. Uh, a, uh, like us and follow us and help us kind of climb the uh, ranks of the... Uh, the corporate ladder. Not so much the corporate ladder, but the weekly indie the, movie I was going to say the uh, indie... Review. The indie charts. corporate letter. I'm sorry. No, no, it's it's the charts, bro. The the indie right. letter. The indie charts. The indie the indie letter. charts. And the much indie and, charts. and many thanks to people in you in Uganda and Sri Lanka and uh, also I mean every now and again Japan for listening to us. You know that that's really really cool. I'm just Domo arigato. Honestly, I'm just thankful <laughs> that we have an audience that likes us. Yeah, no, Dude. seriously, we're actually kind of having some listener retention even. Yeah. So, hell yeah. I'm thankful for an audience. We are very thankful for every every single download, every single listen, mm. every single like, every single uh, five-star review that you can leave on Apple Podcasts and on Good Pods. Even if we think we're just fucking idiots, too, or whatever. Yeah. And also, <laughs> on our YouTube, check out Texas Sundown, our new short film directed by this man right here. I didn't do it. Written and directed by Robert man, Ortegon. I, I didn't do it. And also starring Robert Ortegon and Ashley Chancellor and my Bo Maddox and Jesse Ortegon. My brother is yes. in there too. Yeah. yeah. And uh, shot by uh, Jesse and Bo and all of us. And John Cena is actually in the film as well. You just John can't see him. Cena. No, you can't see him. He's somewhere in there, but you just, I, mean, I, think I dare you, dis- you to see him. I think he disappeared. I I you to find him. And then he reappeared. And then CM he, Punk. He reappeared. He's somewhere in the bushes, I and then guess. CM Punk hit him with a finisher. And then. Oh, but CM Punk is gone. And then he was out of the, the he, Royal he's, Rumble. He's, he's out of the Royal Rumble, out of WrestleMania. Out of WrestleMania. Yeah. And then, because it's because he wanted to yeah. act uppity. And now Cody Rhodes is telling the story. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. And also, also, fuck Vince McMahon, by the way. Fuck Vince McMahon. He's, he's a terrible, horrible, horrible person. Just, just terrible person. <laughs> right, Robert? Look for Texas Sundown yeah. 2. Look for Texas Sundown 2. Yes. Um, We may be working two other shorts in between that, but I somewhat have an idea for that. Texas awesome. Sundown 2 yeah. until sunrise. 
Until Sunrise. Sundown Harder. See, I'm still it's, shuffling it's, it's, with the title, Ash. <laughs> te- Texas Sundown 2. Texas Sundown, Sundown 2, Electric Boogaloo. Texas no, Sundown 2, obvious. Texas Blood Money, or From Dust Till Dawn Till Sunrise or something. Those yeah, are all I mean? too obvious, though, Robert. It's too let's, obvious. Let's, let, let, let's think of something it more really original. Is. L- l- that's what I was telling you. I, I think we need to go back to the beginning here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Texas exactly. Sun Up. Texas Sun. There you go. <laughs> hey. That is a good fucking title. There you go. There you, you go. Or, or I guess it would actually be Sunrise. Texas Sunrise. Texas. Wait a second. Te- tequila Sunrise. <laughs> well, we have Tequila Sunrises, and then we do Sundowns. <laughs> Texas Sunrise. And then we do a Tequila Sundown after a Sunrise. Tequila Sundown. <laughs> is, is that just going to be our Andy Sedaris movie? Oh no, that's just, dude, I think we're just fucking jokers. It's funny as shit. Ooh. So, what, what, what's coming up next on Collateral Cinema? What are we doing next? Um, coming up next, we should be talking about The Wraith. Um, Starring Charlie I, Sheen. I believe we have a guest host on that. I, I don't remember who it is. I don't have my phone close to me. That is a good um, Charlie Sheen movie. And it's a car movie that I, I chose yeah, exactly, and, and uh, yeah, the, the, the Wraith, we're going to have guest hosts on that. Uh, we'll uh, have an announcement uh, for that here very soon. Yeah, check out uh, the episode I did with uh, uh, the Vern from Cinema Recall and uh, Kaylee from Once Over with Kaylee. It's on uh, Dogtooth, uh, a very interesting movie. So, uh, yeah, check, uh, check me out there and also uh, listen to them on... Uh, uh, once over with Kaylee on YouTube and uh, Cinema Recall on your favorite podcast app. Dope. Alrighty. So yeah, check that out. Uh, I, I believe you're also uh, doing something with Pro- uh, Project Aco with uh, Retro Anime Podcast, right? Yes, yes. I will be uh, talking about the first Project Aco movie, all about uh, lesbian schoolgirls who can uh, fight and are very. Uh, and, and, and there's like a uh, a uh, planet of uh, they're all women, but some of them are masculine. And then they, they, they there's fighting, and Biko wants Seiko or something. I I don't know. <laughs> it's a, it's a crazy anime. People Just watch it on Tubi. It, it's on Tubi. Project Aiko, and uh, yes, we will be uh, uh, or at least I will be uh, joined by the anime the, the retro anime podcast to talk about that movie so uh yeah check us out on that episode coming very soon and of course our Mikaversary will also be uh focusing on the happiness of the katakuri so look at look for that as well fuck yeah well all right guys i guess that'll just about do it um with all that being said i've been ashley chancellor uh, i am sean connery <laughs> i'm robert ortegon and wow. this has been Collateral Gaming. We are... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> and this has been Collateral Cinema. And this has been absolutely intolerable. This is entrapment. This, this is has entrapment. been completely intolerable. It's intolerable, 100%. Shaken, not stirred, my nigga. That's right, Junior. Indiana. Uh, junior. Indiana, let it go. Let it go, Indiana. Laters.
Collateral Cinema is a collateral media podcast. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.